0: boom there it is ladies and gentlemen we got a round two for you today on the business bros and for those of you here in san diego this is a little warm place in my heart so let's get this one on the road let's start talking about how we can help the kids here in san diego who definitely need the help let's do this shut up and sit down look a business can give you everything you want in life prestige wealth freedom it can also take everything away from you this show is for those who are willing to take that risk These are the real-life stories of entrepreneurs, but before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you, and welcome to another episode of Business Bros. All right, ladies and gents, on today's episode of the Business Bros, we're talking about families facing food insecurity. 62% 62% of the children in San Diego County rely on meal assistance programs and our guest is determined to help the bridge the gap for those families struggling to put behind the program that's making a huge impact in our community. With a mission to provide up to 40 pounds of fresh and non-perishable food items, along with essential items like diapers and period products, this program is changing lives. To ensure that children have the resources they need to grow, learn, and succeed. So, without further ado, let's welcome to the show the rock star behind it. it's all about the kids foundation. Returning for the second time, Miss Angela Brannon Bautista. All right, Angela, welcome to the show. I think I was at that party. Uh-huh. So I you think you know. were, right? I, I was. <laughs> I was there because I saw
1: it. I was like, wait a minute. I think I was there. What a great intro. Thank you
0: so much. You can find yourself amongst the crowd. Of course. <laughs> hey, um, I, I know this is the second time coming around. And for those people who've, who've watched the show in the past, they might have seen you before. But just to kind of let people know what you do, tell me about all about the kids. How would you get started in this space? Well, it
1: started quite a while ago. Um, We started almost 19 years ago. We're about to celebrate our anniversary, having a big party. I'll talk about that later. Um, But I was just, um, I worked for the government. My mom got me started working with charities when I was young. Um, So it was always in my heart. And then I basically quit my job and decided to start a charity and struggled and then Uh, A partner, Sean Hale, walked in and said, let's do this. And we started It's All About the Kids. And this was 19 years ago.
0: Now, for those of you who don't know, running running an organization like this, a food bank like this gets really tough to A, fund, uh, B, organize and run. So uh, I, I always like to give credit where credit is due. Who are some of those people that are helping to contribute to make this even possible for you here in San Diego?
1: Well, the, the crazy thing was that COVID even made it worse than anything anybody could ever imagine in the charity space. And so, you know, we have amazing partners. Um, I think, you know, Paul Bata and Dan Fulkerson of uh, Battle Fokerson Injury Attorneys, they've been with us since we started our food program. They've been amazing and stood by us and always made sure we had food for the kids and always made sure that I had resources. And then during COVID, they stepped up and like did everything we could ever ask for by helping us with resources. And then restaurants came forward and we have cause marketing, but we also, I mean, we cannot survive without the community's help. Um, I think Uh, Paul from ATM together was just on your show the other day. They dropped a surprise $100,000 donation um, on us in December at a time that couldn't be better. Um, I don't know if you realize this, but because of the um, COVID, I don't know how to say this. Um, There was a lot more money put on CalFresh food stamps during COVID, So because those funds are winding down, those funds are now going to be coming off of families, um, CalFresh cards. So for some families that could be up to $400 a month. So when you put together the price of gas up, the price of food up, the fact that many of our families are getting evicted and they have to move because there's, um, apartment buildings that are getting fixed. Therefore they get evicted. There's other things that have happened. There's lots of movement in the communities of people having to leave their, their homes. Um, and so they don't have money for food. And now with less money on CalFresh, um, we're finding that the families are in need more than they were during COVID when the height of COVID, you know, when there was the big food distributions and there was food being given out everywhere and there was resources everywhere. Well, now, those things are gone and so our families are really struggling more than they were before so that's where our program comes in
0: it's it's tough uh a big shout out to paul paul alex uh definitely was on the show the kids love the whole concept of the atms by the way there's some of these kids who were like whoa this is definitely a, a model that i i think i should look into uh big shout out to to battle fulkerson uh, the Bulldogs. For those of you who are ever in any personal injury help, they're uh, they're some of the greatest attorneys here in San Diego, and they always give back. So big shout outs to them. Um, and then I wanted to talk a little bit about this CalFresh because I don't think uh, many people quite understand what it is and the benefits of the resources that they're getting and how how do they align with what you do? Well, CalFresh is basically the the name from like food stamps. Food
1: stamps. That's people used to call them but now they change the name and it's more about really you know being able to empower families to get fresh fruits and vegetables as well okay so the problem well the great thing about it is it supplements you know and it helps families who are in need and are food insecure which we have Right now in San Diego, here's some sca- staggering statistics: over 200,000 food insecure children. So that's over 200,000 children go to food go to bed hungry every night. We have over 900,000 adults that are food insecure. Okay, so that those are staggering numbers, and that's because of the price of the costs of everything in San Diego is so high. So for our families um, that depend on the extra. $400, which is a hundred bucks a week, which when you have a family of four or five, you have growing kids that goes like that. Um, if, even buying just the basics and then, you know, cereal and sandwiches and bread. And I mean, a loaf of bread is when lunch, if you have a family of five, that's 10 slices of bread, you know? So our families needed to CalFresh. So now with those things being pulled away, um, our families are in need more than ever. So CalFresh is basically, you know, is a name for food stamps.
0: And, um, the food bank always has a special place in my heart. I told you, my mom runs a food bank up in LA in Baldwin park area. And, um, last year they had to give away uh, turkey and they couldn't give away turkeys for Thanksgiving. The food bank just didn't have enough to do, this. but they were able to do like chickens, for example. Um, and that's one time of year that I think communities really kind of come together. You always see it during Thanksgiving. You always see it during th- during Christmas, but you're doing this year round, right? I mean, this is, this is week after week after week. Tell me some of the numbers that you guys are filling as far as, I mean, when I go when I went down market down that street like it gets packed so many cars are just trying to get by what is it that a family gets the the benefits that you're able to provide and how many families are you feeding per week Well let me explain that um during
1: before covid we had a food pantry and so we had about 250 families would come through on a Thursday afternoon and pick up fresh fruits vegetables canned goods choose what they wanted but then you know we were hit with the covid and suddenly we were forced with do you you have to close or you have to go outside so then we had the big food distributions but we had to keep moving because with the food big distribution problems comes traffic and the police and the fire department and they hated us because we had all this traffic and all these problems but because all these families were in need coming to us so we finally moved into a warehouse in um, El Cajon, we were adopted by Universal Waste Disposal and they gave us warehouse space and a truck and all of these resources they are so amazing. And so what we do now, instead of having these big huge giant distributions, which cause all these problems, plus the families don't have money for gas, let alone sitting in a line of cars, Waiting, you know, to pick up food, we created mini pantries. So we have one at the Chicano Federation office. So when like immigrant families come looking for resources from them, they stop in the converted kitchen and pick up diapers, period supplies, and bags of food to take home. So it's more of a one stop shop. We also are now distributing at the high schools at, at, I'm sorry, at um, the primary schools. First one is Casey primary. So we give them food and they help us and we distribute to the families as they pick up their kids from school because the parents are coming there anyways. So might as well. Wow. This is a great spot for them to get the food that they need to take home to supplement the food they have. And for many families, the food that they don't have at home. And then over at Casey high school, King Chavez high school, we're going to open up a mini pantry there that the high school students get to choose what they want to take home. So they'll stop by and there'll be canned goods and pasta and rice and also a hygiene corner with some other things so that kids can get toothbrushes and toothpaste and maybe deodorant because, you know, sometimes you need deodorant in high school and things like that, that that the kids can then put in their backpacks or put in a special cool bag. We're going to create and take home. Um, It's we have found that we need to go into the community as opposed to having the community come to us, Um, we can't find a place big enough for us to have a pantry um, because of how many people we serve. Um, Since 2017, we have provided over 3.6 million meals. Um, A meal is a pound of food. Um, So right now we deliver as well through DoorDash. We have a great partnership with DoorDash. So we deliver on Wednesdays. Uh, to almost 200 families. So that's 1,000 people. And then we have the other distributions that are in the community um, because the big ones don't fit anymore. So as a nonprofit, you have to change. You have to pivot. We
0: had to fit with what the community needed.
1: And that's what we did.
0: But that is... Impressive already. The delivery system, multiple pantry locations, uh, and, and just being able to add some things. I, I think people always think of food bank and they think of food in and of itself. But you're also providing other aspects of life that people need. Because let's face it, I mean, the, the food alone, the eggs, for example, I paid like 10 bucks for a carton of eggs the other day. I remember as a kid paying a 99 cents for like an 18 pack of eggs that we went around and just kind of threw them. We're not supposed to do that. Right. But, you know, like that that was something that we did as kids. There was no way I'm going to throw a gourmet egg now that I'm paying. toilet paper people's houses. So there, I don't know if you saw the
1: meme that was up there about our generation that we could toilet paper and egg people's houses. And now there's just no way. I mean, that was part of just the fun things of growing up. But yeah, the, the price of things. And so, and of course that, you know, and I and reaching out to all the high school students to listen to this. The least expensive food is the worst for you. Okay. So you have to figure out a balance. So you have to figure out which is the food that you can afford, but which is still good for you. And that seems to be the hardest part. Um, We also have um, our energy project that we created. So for many years um, we would get bikes donated to us Um, out of the ordinary group adventures. They are a company that does corporate events and they would do a bike build during their corporate event and then give us the bicycles. And so we started giving them to King Chavez primary and prep schools, Casey Kletta's bike club. So the kids would learn the road, the rules of the road, Um, they would practice everything and practice on the bicycles we gave them. Um, and then finally get to ride out on the street and then graduate. And then we would surprise them and give them the bike. They get to take it home that they've been practicing on. Well, during COVID, the kids weren't around and they didn't, they were at home. They didn't get to do the bike club. So once they started again, uh, Francisco, who is the teacher in charge, I called and said, what's up? what's going on? What do the kids need? And he said, they go around the courtyard twice on the bikes and they're tired, Miss Angela. And I'm like, okay, so we got to give them a snack. And he said, yeah, we need to give them a snack. They need some energy. So I called um, prep ease, which is our meal prep company that helps us. And I said, create me a snack. So they had an energy bar, but it had peanut butter in it. And we can't have peanut butter because of school and all the problems with peanut butter. So they created what's called Bee's Seeds. And it is an energy bar made with sunflower butter instead of peanut butter. But it tastes like peanut butter. And it's made with honey instead of sugar. And it has all kinds. It has dates and uh, craisins and all kinds of wonderful things in it. So we provide those to the kids as their snack. And then we provide the bikes. And then I also do nutrition education via Zoom to them talking about the bar and eating and trying to make different choices because the kids that are at that age, they don't make the choices of what they eat. Their parents do, right? So we have to try to help kids talk to their parents about making better choices and making better decisions when they go to the grocery store, but in a kind and gentle way to their parents because sometimes our parents don't have good eating habits, but sometimes our parents also aren't eating great because there's not a lot of money in the house. Okay. So we need to have have that balance with kids with teaching everybody how to just try to eat better and have um, to make better choices. Like for example, um, instead of fried chicken to have baked chicken.
0: So okay. true. And it's, still, you, know, you can still give
1: it the crunch. Okay. And instead of having, Uh, For example, buying chips, you can buy corn tortillas, the good ones, okay? And you cut them up and you bake them in the oven instead of frying them, okay? And they're yummy. They're great. They crisp up. They're fantastic, okay? Um, I just found out, you know how expensive mayonnaise is? Well, mayonnaise is expensive now because eggs are. But once the price of eggs come down, all you need is olive oil and an egg and you put it in a blender and you blend it. That's mayonnaise. Mm.
0: That's and there it. You go.
1: Sandwich making got cheaper. That's it. And if you really want to live on the edge, put a little bit of mayonnaise and a little bit of mustard and put them both together. And so the mayonnaise can be bad for you, right? But the mustard's not as bad.
0: But the blend of them together is the bomb. Makes that sandwich that much better. Right? Since last we spoke, it sounds like the organization has gone light years ahead of where it was. Like some people look at COVID as the downfall to a lot of things. And in this case, it looks like it ha- it forced you to open doors that probably weren't accessible before. Um, and I'm wondering, since you are, you know, since I do have my students here in class, we're, we're in Eastlake. We're in a little bit of a more affluent area. And there are a lot of schools like ours that, maybe can help and contribute in different ways. Um, Obviously volunteering at, at, at when you have distribution centers, but there are also clubs on campus that always like to do things for organizations. What can, what can students do or what can we compile? What can we do in order to help your organization reach more, more people in need?
1: Well, we always love kids doing fundraisers for us. Okay. So What's happening on April 22nd is we're having a celebrate So it's a modern day telethon. So what we're asking kids, families to do in March is to, we have a fundraising page and they'll have their own personal fundraising page and to reach out to their family, friends, $5, $10, raise as much money as they can. And then if they raise $500 or more, they get to come to our event and present one of those big giant checks on the live stream during the celebrate and they get to enjoy the party that we're going to have, and it's going to be at Battle Fulkerson's office. So it's a family-friendly event, food, drinks, tons of entertainment. So if anybody's old enough to remember the Jerry Lewis tel- Telethon... It's going to be a modern day Jerry Lewis telethon. Okay. So when people donate online, they're going to be invited into the zoom room and the zoom room is where we'll have special guests and kids from the charity so they can say, thank you, answer questions about the charity, find, you know, talk to cool people. So if your students would love to help us fundraise for every dollar that we raise, we can provide two nutritious meals. Okay. So, Dollars are important to us. Five dollars, four dollars, three dollars, any amount is important to us. We never, you know, we never look at it as not enough because when it's added together, it makes a huge pot of money. And then we can, can continue to expand bike programs and bike clubs, and we can continue to expand to other high schools and other grade schools, prep schools, wherever, all over San Diego, because the need is super high throughout all the schools. You know, so that's how teens can help us and they can reach out to me on my email that's on the bottom um, because we're going to have this awesome fundraising page. They do it online. They just, we provide everything for them. They just reach out to their family and friends. They can even have a little contest because I know high school kids are competitive. See who can raise the most dollars. Um, We'll have prizes for all of that as well. So we love help with fundraising, but also volunteering on Wednesday mornings is when we do our um, our deliveries through DoorDash. So we have a pop-up distribution in uh, over in Barrio Logan area. And then we also do pack days. So once a month, we get groups of people from businesses. We also, we just had the Navy demolition experts come out and we pack bags of food. So we'll get like one or two semi-trucks full of food, delivered to our warehouse. And then it all has to be packed into bags. So we set up tables and then we have little competitions between the long tables. Say we have 20 kids or 20 people, 10 and 10, who can pack the bags fast enough. So it's Uh super fun.
0: Let me ask you, when you said, you know, a dollar, a dollar can uh, get like two pounds of food. Uh, it's difficult for people to kind of comprehend that because like, for example, when I go shopping, I go to Walmart and I go buy my groceries and I'm like, a dollar's not going to get me hardly anything. How does it, how does a food bank like yours, how are they able to do that? How do you break it down um, so that they're contributing uh, maybe stores, restaurants, different places like that to, to help you get the food resources that you're looking for? How does it work?
1: Okay. So the 99% of the food that we receive, we receive from the food banks, the big ones. So that's San Diego food bank and feeding San Diego. So they warehouse and they get all the big giant food distributions. Okay. Because our programs are so big, we get food from them. So they'll deliver semi trucks of food to us. Um, Some during COVID the food was free still. Through Feeding San Diego, the dry food is free. Um, At Feeding San Diego, the fresh fruits and vegetables are free. The canned foods are at um, a different price. It's a maintenance fee. But I also have been writing and we've been awarded federal grants for food. So we just got a trailer, whole semi-trailer full of food from a grant that I wrote last year. And we had three of those trailers full. So I'm constantly writing grants to try to get dry food, we get the fresh fruits and vegetables for free. And then we also get more food. So if I'm able to I also we get fresh produce from down at the border from the grocers. So they'll donate fresh produce as well. And then wherever else I can, people will do food drives. Um, we, there's a program called fresh rescue. We don't participate it because we don't, can't get enough food from it, but other charities do, they go and pick up food from the grocery stores. Um, we just, we serve too many families. We have, that's not enough to make it cost effective for us because we do too many. We have do too much because we serve at least, you know, hundred to 200 to 300 at a time families. And that an average of five people in a family for all of your math folks in the audience, that's a lot
0: (laughs) that is a ton what about what what about refrigeration what about refrigeration like let me ask you my 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 mom i know at her food bank they had uh, a lot of different types of food products but they had issues getting stuff um keeping stuff that is refrigerated and unfortunately they had a donation they got a a a two-door fridge then they got a three or something like that, three-door fridge like major uh big uh commercial fridges to help hold some of this stuff um Some of the food that you're getting, I'm sure, doesn't last as long. How are you able to maintain it? I mean, you mentioned the warehouse, but what about keeping the food fresh? Because we pick it up in the morning and we distribute it that day.
1: And we get the fresh produce that's what's called counter vegetables. So those are vegetables and fruits that can go on the counter. So tomatoes, potatoes, onions, oranges, apples, grapes, Things that are not going to, and sometimes we'll get things that are kind of frozen and ice. So broccoli, et cetera, that we bag, and then we distribute right away so that we don't have to just, we don't have to refrigerate it. We're right. I'm writing a grant right now to get what's called a cool bot. And that is a refrigeration unit that is put like a walk-in fridge, freezer, that's going to be put inside of our warehouse. However, It's going to make the electricity bill go sky high. So we're working on trying to get some solar at the same time. So if we get solar for that, it's not going to cost us a bunch of money because it's then it's not cost effective to have it if we have all this electricity bill. So we want to try to use the sun to help us out, right, with solar. So we're working on that project right now. And um, that's always been our thing is we've always given it away. We haven't
0: had to store it. That's been our model. That definitely helps out because, yeah, I mean, sometimes you have so much that you got to use the fridge, but other times if you can get, if you can just, you know, basically you're the middle person getting it out as quick as possible. I mean, that's the key there, right? Well, we did create the very first solar pantry. So this is on
1: our website and your students can look this up. Um, It is a 20 foot shipping container that is solar powered alone and it refrigerates and goes to freezing. However, during COVID, it was broken into, and so it's now in storage, and we have been unable to find a safe place to store it and to use it because there's no place safe in San Diego right now that we can place it. There's no campuses or anything like that, but I'm going to put it out as a grant, maybe find it a new home, Um, but we're going to expand. We're expanding to Florida, and that's what we're going to do in Florida is the solar pantries. Because we can rescue food, put it into the solar pantry, and then distribute out of the solar pantry.
0: So there's, is there a way to connect with other major food banks? Like, let's say if I was like, hey, mom, you should connect with Angela. She's able to put these two types of things together. Um, I'd imagine there's, I don't know, I'm thinking like a franchise model of, of food, ban- food banks. Um, is there a, a network that you can connect with? Or is that I, are they all kind of separate? We're all
1: kind of separate just because we all work really hard. Once in a while, the big food banks will put together a meeting and they do a great job at getting us together. Um, There's like um, quarterly meetings that I attend. Um, We're all just struggling. And a lot of the smaller charities like us, we're like a medium charity. The smaller ones are struggling and because there was a lot of problems with working with the schools and campuses and COVID and COVID tests and all kinds of struggles. And just the lack of funds, you know, um, when people are struggling um, and the middle class is struggling, um, then donations are down. So, you know, it was a really tough time and hard to raise funds as well, because it's hard for me. I would sit with our board and I'm like, I can't ask people for money. I can't ask people to donate. They're barely making ends meet on their own. I can't ask them for money. I can't. So I mean, that's just, I, it was so hard, but in the, in as crazy as that sounds, the outpouring of kindness and love and volunteering and companies and food and things that I I can't even tell you how many phone calls that I got during COVID and now since still the people that want to help. So In that time of need, it pulled out something in people that they really were like, I've got to give and I want to give now, you know, and for me, it was great during that time, because when the gyms and the restaurants were closed, workout people and restaurant people have the best work ethic, nothing against everyone else, but they're used to, they understand time limits. Some people who have jobs where they work until it's done, don't understand time. Okay. But restaurant people know, they know what it's like to get slammed. That's what we call it in the restaurant business. When all the tables come at the same time, which was like the food distributions with all the people came at the same time. And the workout people were the best because they didn't mind lifting things that were heavy because they, that's what they do. So between those two things, like it was a dream come true for volunteers for us because I was like, and there were my friends on top of it. So I could put them as leaders you know, and trust them and know that they, you know, they were my friends that were all helping me, that brought friends that have continued to help us to this day. So it's it was amazing in all of the chaos and the tears and the craziness. Um, relationships were built that I I I would never I could
0: never tell you how grateful I am. I could never yeah. tell you enough. No, in, never uh, tell you enough. In business, we always talk about how it's important to build a brand, and more important to build a community. And a lot of us talk about it, but you are truly, truly building a community and helping the community that you live in. Uh, and I wanted to, you know, give you an applause because that's just. It's amazing what you do. You're changing the lives of people that probably don't even know who you are or what you do, and yet they're able to go to sleep at night with with some food in their tummies, and that makes that makes a big difference for for so many different people. Before we head out, Angela, I want to make sure I give you the floor. One more time. How can people reach out for you, reach out to you? What can they do to help? Uh, and then any last final thoughts? Well, there's, of course three ways people can help us. Um,
1: They can go to our website and of course they can donate. You can donate $15, $20. You can donate on a monthly basis, whatever you can do. We appreciate. And uh, that's how we survive. We also are always looking for volunteers. That's on our page as well. Volunteer page on our, on our website. And thirdly, if you can't do those two things, fundraise for us and you can reach out to me at Angela at it's all about the kids. It's all about the kids. Or just share all of our information. That's how you build the community is if maybe you don't have the time or you don't have the funds, but share, share us on social media because maybe someone in your network does have the time or the resources to help us or five people do or 10 people do. And we just didn't know because you don't get unless you ask. That's what I have learned in my many years of doing this. If I don't tell people we need help, people don't know we need help and we always need help. The need in the community is growing and growing. Um, We have more people slipping into food insecurity every day. And as we have discussed at the last podcast, I, as well as you guys agree, that it's our responsibility to help take care of our kids. Um, They need food to keep them healthy and also to keep their minds healthy, right? And help them grow. Because if you're hungry, you can't learn. You know and we need to get them food and we also need to get them um the nutrition education resources that we provide as well so but i'm so grateful that you had me on thank you so much you know i love your show and i love being on and i'm so happy to be in front of your class because this is where it starts you guys all you high school students you know empathy starts when you're young and i can tell you from experience if you start giving back now Your life will be forever blessed. Okay. There's a saying that a man who gives to charity is never poor. Okay. Because it enriches your heart. It makes a difference in your life. Um, I was just talking to my friend, Carlos Kramer about this the other day. Um, He is the sixth year in a row world cage fighting announcer of the world. Okay. So he's the guy that's in the cage that, you know, he's the roaring lion is his name. He travels all over the world. And I asked him, cause I'm writing an article for my column that's called uh, charity in the city. He, I said, why do you give to charity? And he was like, well, because it's our responsibility. It's what we need to do. We, we have to do that to give back to make the world a better place. Because when you, when you are successful and even when you're gradually getting to success, it's that giving part that makes you feel so good and it and it makes the world a better place. And that's what we have to do. You
0: have to. I and love uh, Forrest Gump has a great line, right? He said, mama said, there's only so much money a man can make after that. It's just for showing off. Right. And he gives a bunch of money to his church and his charities and all those types of things. Cause you're right. It just, it brings joy. Even if it's not money, if it's time, if it's effort, if it's sharing the content that's what makes the biggest difference. Angela, thank you very much for coming on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, it's all about allaboutthekids.org. It's all about allaboutthekids.org. Find a way to give back any way you possibly can, especially if you're here in San Diego. Uh, stop on by, see what, what she's doing. Angela making a huge difference, and I'm sure you'll see her at a lot of different events. Uh, again, February 22nd is the celebra- it's a celebration-a-thon, right? What did you call it? April, April 22nd. February. April twenty second. Celebr- yep I'm posting it on the website as soon as I
1: get done talking to you right now because we just finished some artwork it's called celebrate athon it's all ages um it is celebrating the anniversary of parting for a purpose which is my um, my party company which is 25 years it's all about the kids which is 19 years hannaberry whiskey and hannaberry spirits which is 12 years. And Battle Fulkerson, which is seven years. So we're having a modern day telethon. It'll be live streamed with live entertainment and people can watch online and it's got all this fun stuff. So we're going to raise a bunch of money for the charity and it's family friendly and we're going to have a great time. So I know I'm going to see you there.
0: So we're going to have fun. April 22nd. Mark your calendars. Yeah. All right, ladies and gents. Thank you very much for joining us today. Angela, keep changing the world. You're doing amazing things. Ladies and gents, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace. We're out. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast. But not just any podcast. Podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started today.